It's Sports Arena and it is Extreme Rewind. Your week look into World of Extreme from episode one all the way to 401 from ECW Hardcore TV with every special and pay-per-view in between and every pay-per-view in between. I keep saying that because it is pay-per-view week. Jay, how you doing? Yes. I, I was enjoying your um, Craig David style introduction there. <laughs> Most of what I do is loosely based on... It's based on Craig David. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Who was um, relevant in 1997? Was he? Okay. I don't know. It feels like it I should know, be before. But, uh, I, I feel like I get away with it. Maybe 99 he sort of came around. But he was probably know. doing something. But um, yeah. Oh, ECW. This week we are looking at none other than November to remember 1997. But everyone already knows that because we've been talking about it at underscore sports arena on Twitter and Instagram. We spoke about it the last couple of weeks. The build has been undeniable. And here we are. Craig David's first song, One More Time, was 1997. <laughs> um I'm, I'm really excited. It's here. I mean, we've been talking about it. We've been building it. I've been I've been uh, talking about this all the way through. I know some people are worried that I've overhyped it. Fuck me, have I not? This was incredible for various reasons. Some of them good and some of them not. Just incredible. Spoilers. Loved it. <laughs> um, I guess we just got to dive in. I think so. I think that's where we are. I mean, there was a dark match before the show, which was Chris Chetty and Spike Dudley versus Erin O'Grady and the returning Paul Diamond. Um, is it Erin O'Grady was Crash Holly, right? I believe so, yeah. Yes, that was... Um, I always heard he was in ECW, but never really saw him in ECW, so I don't know if he I sticks still around. Yeah, <laughs> too shy. So I don't know if he sticks around or what, but... Um, yeah, man, like Paul Diamond, Max Moon, back. And back and stays around for quite a while. He's, um, you know, it looks as if he's, um, you know, job of duties. But, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's in. He's in for quite a while, which is, which is exciting. It's, it's nice to see them return. Um, do you know what it is? I, I sort of, it, it's kind of weird. You, you sort of have these people, obviously, in um, WWE that you just don't care about. But for some reason... And they sort of pop up in this. It's, it's quite impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, silly things like... Um, um, Pat Tanaka is a great example. Uh, yeah, I was going I was going Headbangers. Or, yeah, yeah. Or were they Sisters of Mercy here? or What, Headbangers? Yeah. I think there were the Spiders, I believe. Mar- yeah. I believe they were uh, Spiders. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't really a big fan of the Headbangers in... WWF, WWE. Um, but the fact that we're in ECW, I thought was really cool. No, it was good. Um, they mentioned multiple times, this comes live from the Golden Dome on the 30th of November 1997. This is the biggest ECW crowd to date. Have you yes. looked at the attendance? I haven't. Can you guess well, the attendance? I'm going to say... 3,000. Um, not far off. 4,634. Did them such disservice. Look at me buying into the, the <laughs> bingo hall bullshit. They, men- to, uh, they to- mentioned it um, once or twice. This might happen to be the biggest crowd in ECW history. <laughs> so it's a line you'll never forget. Uh, but yeah, no, fair play to them. I mean, 5,000. It's, it's decent. I mean, it's a start-up. They sort of built, and obviously now AEW do it, will sort of do like 10,000 and stuff, which is ridiculously impressive in comparables. But um, you're two mammoth organisations, hot as hell at the moment going on, with Raw doing all the DX stuff, Nitro flowing out the NWO and Flock and everything else. So to have your little niche in the market is still pretty impressive. Very much so. And... Um... Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know. I haven't looked up what the buy rate on this was either. But um, you know, it's, it, it's, it, 
it is still feels very much like an organization that's on the rise despite having pretty much everyone stolen from them i mean this is the, i mean this is the first real sort of pay-per-view since they've kind of had like the famous sort of raid where they've, they've lost all their, their sort of major yeah. stars really i mean this is i mean and, and to be fair it is noticeable in parts i mean there's no there's no getting around it it is um sort of noticeable and um i think the beginning of the show is where it's at its most noticeable biggest crowd in ecw history to date pay-per-view crowds hyped let's start it off with tommy effing rogers who is tommy rogers um mr rogers cousin (laughs) wonderful day in the neighborhood um yeah I mean, obviously, we always do a little bit of a, you know, hindsight, you know, what I would do to make it better kind of booking. But in a Pittsburgh crowd, very pro Shane Douglas slash triple threat to kick off this show. Would you not have back in black Chris Candido come out first? Yeah, but I think there were a few bits that I felt quite weird in regards to how they set it up and how they played it through. And we'll, we'll kind of come into some of that. Um, yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, uh, it was... I mean, it was, I, know it's, I know it's minimal because Tommy Rogers still have to appear at some point, but I don't really know why he was even on this, that card in general. Uh, so he's uh, just come in after doing a little bit of uh, work with the WWF light heavyweight division. Um, he had uh, his big claim to fame is part of the Fantastics with Bobby Fulton um, and a scaffolding match with uh, against the uh, Rock and Roll and um, Midnight's in uh, Jim Crockett promotions in NWA. Um, and he's at the moment, at this time, he's also working as an agent behind the scenes. Um, okay. I just, good. yeah, he's good. I just, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people are tied up in matches, so they're limited for opponents for him, but. Um... I've got to say, I really enjoyed the match, though. You know, I, I wouldn't have picked him as an opponent, and I, you, you're completely right, but um, I thought Candido did brilliantly. Candido does do brilliantly, and I, I still still maintain, looking back on it, you know, Candido deserves better. But I, I think he he did amazing. He he's such a workhorse for this company. He really is. I mean, at the time, obviously the bits we saw, I think because of the body donor's influence, I can't honestly say that I cared for Candido much because no. I'd built up a a view of him because of like the Fed and what they did with him. And I just thought, yeah. well, it's I, wrong. But we saw, we saw flashes of him in, in WCW as, you know, no gimmicks needed, hard knocks, Chris Candido. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, as much as he looked good in the things, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, making you jump up and take notice on anything. But, um, Watching him back in ECW, you can see why he's a lot of wrestlers' favourite wrestler. Oh, good, yeah. He's, he's amazing. I mean, like I said, I was obviously a lot younger and just sort of thought, oh, God, here comes Skip. When the truth is, like, you know, Chris Candido's a bad motherfucker and um, put out some blinder matches. And yeah, this was, this was a great match. I mean, Candido just couldn't put him away. That was pretty much the story of this match. It was back and forth. Yeah. It was good until um, Lance Storm eventually came in. And through some of the softest kicks and punches we've ever seen again. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lance Storm's an interesting one at the moment. I get he's kind of that, um, you know, prospect style role. But, um, yeah, no, he's, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, always been a fan of Lance Storm. And, um, again, great talent. Just, yeah, just, just looked rather soft, but can't really criticise him a great deal. Um, and that led to Jerry Lynn coming out in his famous Jerry Lynn trunks. I felt a little sort of pop 
there when I saw him in the famous sort of ECW. It felt like the, the transition. I felt like Lynn had almost sort of emerged a little bit more. And um, yeah, we had a detecting match. Candido and Lance Storm versus Jerry Lynn and Tommy Rogers. What do you think about this? I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I thought it was a good match. Um, I... It, it started to blur a little bit. It, it, you know, that, that, um, oh, and now it's a tag team match. We've restarted it. It's a little bit of one of those uh, um, tropes that, that they do a lot in... Uh, in, uh, well, in only, yeah. I, I felt <sighs> like they almost gave them too much time as a singles match to turn it into a tag team match. I agree. I agree. If you're going to Storm, do that, Storm the, could have the, came out a lot earlier and sort of caused a little bit of a sort of rift. Like, why are you coming out? Kind of, but why is taking match now? Yeah, I mean, even if he's in his corner and he's you know blah 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 and trips him, and then out comes JL to make the save, and you know, and now it's a tag match, blah blah blah. So yeah, it's a bit. It was a yeah. little bit all over the place, I think. Yeah, but um, a decent opener. Um, all in all, Candido and Storm pick up the W. And um, yeah, they march on. Yeah. So, um, decent stuff. Up and running. Uh, We then see a clip of Mikey Whitbrook beating superstar Steve Austin and Just Incredible beating the great Sasuke. As we lead up to Mikey Whitbrook versus the undefeated Just Incredible. And Mikey Whitbrook is, according to Joey Styles, the only ECW Triple Clown winner. Which which is a fact that we've stated as well, and then corrected ourselves because Sabu did it first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very very weird um, that they've they've kind of just taken Sabu out of that so that they can build up Mikey. Um, but again, you know, I, I have I have an issue in the sense that you're talking about Mikey being the Triple Crown winner, and you're also talking about him being an underdog in a match against. The undefeated, you know, fairly new, just incredible. Yeah, I mean, um, the match itself is everything you sort of expect. They, they work fairly well. I think there's almost sort of bows, though, from the crowd at some point. I don't think the crowd was really into this one. The crowd were really fickle. Yeah, um, it was. It was, um, it was an ECW crowd being an ECW crowd against an ECW show, kind of. Yeah, they they didn't really um, they they didn't really seem to buy into a lot. Quite a lot of it, yeah. I mean, I don't know if some of it was just like sort of WWE overdubs for some of it, but yeah, for this, it felt like they weren't really into this match as much as um, I thought they would have been. But um, yeah, the end comes with it looks like Mikey's got him beat. Jason gets in the ring. Um, he kicks Jason in the nuts. That's a failed interference. Um, sort of gets all a bit sort of sloppy. And then a whippersnapper off the top. Which and, um, it, it did look amazing. It was a pay-per-view sort of quality finish. And, um, yeah, Joey Siles said this was an upset. And Mikey's upset just incredible money. And I thought, just incredible won like three matches. And it, he Mikey did Whitbrick, great Sasuke. He did. And Mikey Whitbrick's a triple crown winner and two-time title holder with some of the belts. Yep. So I just thought it was a bit... Beaten the likes of Sadman and Austin, Austin and Bam Bam and various other people. Yeah, Pitbulls. He's beaten loads. And Jason 55 times. Yeah, and I, but... just, I just thought, um, I understand this underdog character, but um, I just felt it was a bit of a stretch when... You, you push him as something, but then he beats a guy who hasn't lost like three, four matches and he's pulled off the upset. And I think no, and this is the thing. It's it's still this whole kind of... I mean, we've talked about this at length and I understand that, but the, the this logic that, um, you know, oh my God, can you believe it? Yeah, because he's got a history of doing that now. It's, it's kind of what he does a lot. So... You know, it's not a shock to me that he's won this this big match because we've seen him do that and do that and do that. When when he won the tag title with Cactus Jack, you know, I, I bought I, I could get the oh my god, can you believe it 
moment with you know cat just going that's the spirit mikey and and mikey would be, i'm gonna die um amazing he likes it. <laughs> oh. he likes it um <laughs> <laughs> i want to go back and watch catches jack now um uh and you know the tv title stuff with with jason and even the heavyweight title stuff um uh, you know, it's it's a second match on a pay per view against a guy that's been in the company for thirty five seconds, whose undefeated streak is four people long. Um, one of them's a bona fide name. Um, uh, you know, it's it's, it's surely uh, you know just incredible beating the 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 only apparently triple crown winner in ECW history, multiple time champion would have been the upset over, over over the other way around. Oh, 100%. Like I said, that's, um, that, that's my thinking. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what they got a habit of doing this. Um, the the so, next bit... You know, oh, so a little while ago, I um, was saying, when Just Incredible was introduced and uh, was named in a whole kind of that's PJ Palaco, that's PJ Walker, that's Aldo Montaya. Who, what, what's his name? Oh, he's just incredible. But yeah, we know that. But what's his name? Oh, he's just incredible. Yeah, we know that. And I, I kind of made a point of, um, you know, you kind of give ECW a bit of a, a pass in the fact that that's actually a really, really shitty gimmick name. Yeah. Um, uh, but I was listening to um, uh, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast uh, last week or the early part of this week. And um, they were talking about Robert Roode, whose yeah. original wrestling name when he broke in was Lee Awesome. He was the total Lee Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so even even up to recently, people are still trying to pun on that. And um, you know, just incredible the, the man that launched you know seven billion indie wrestlers called Just Insane and things like that. Oh, I always liked it. I thought it was just clever, but easily played. I, do you know what? It never bothered me up until I saw how they introduced it. And yeah, no, just about, yeah, it was just, it was just a bit, um, just like over the top. And it's one of those. There are so many things that you look at in in as we work as we go back all the way from Eastern to Extreme with all pay per views like November to November nineteen ninety seven in between. And you realise just how bizarre and how forgotten some of the shit that they've done is. Like, for instance, the Bubba Ray stuttering gimmick and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and how do you get out of the Bubba Ray stuttering gimmick? One day he just decides he's not going to do that anymore. Until he gets back to WWE and apparently it's only clip that Vince saw and they bring it back. Yeah. And, so, and yeah. Enough, he probably just one day decides not to do it anymore. But um, yeah, it just a, a, a yeah. But uh, you know, it, it was a weird little match. It's kind of like it almost would have worked if it was in reverse. Like if he was just incredible, and he's just like, oh no, I'm not just incredible anymore. I'm simply PJ Walker kind of thing. And it almost like he stripped himself back to who he was. It would work that way round. But yeah, the the constant repeat. Oh, that was that was annoying. Uh, the next segment was probably my favourite of the show because I didn't expect to see it. Uh, we go to the backstage area and Al Snow is sitting there um, arguing with a mannequin head. Now this is where I sort of get into a weird I know what it is. I know what it becomes. It's sort of one of my sleeper like favourite gimmicks of all time. I, I yeah. love Al Snow and Heads. I think it's hilarious. But it's kind of almost like I'm trying to see it as if it was the first time I've ever seen this. It's really kind of hard doing some of this because like, I'm trying to you know, see Lance Storm for what he is now rather than what it becomes. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of obviously what we're doing a lot on this journey. And um, I, I liked he's sitting there wearing a job squad t-shirt, make reference to he's injured. So he can't be doing the J-O-B on the PPV, PPV. Yeah. which I thought was hilarious again. And, um, He's just sitting there arguing with a mannequin head. The mannequin head tried to get itself signed to WCW and leave him. I don't know. There was just enough bits that made me chuckle about it. It was unexpected. Um, obviously, it's not a match, but it was just a segment I didn't expect to see on this show. And um, 
it made me extremely excited to see um, our snow as we know. The, it. There were parts of it that uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I I popped for the Job Squad T-shirt. Um, um, I popped for him talking in the locker room and everyone just kind of like laughing and trying to give him as wide a space as possible. You know, he's he's so out there that even Nova and the Blue Meanie don't really want to get involved in the conversation. Um, uh, yeah, I loved him, 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 you know, talking. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's what ECW does very, very well when they do it well of that. It's behind the scenes, but it's not. So, you know, I'm the worker. I'm the one that does all the work in this tag team. I'm the one, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm the, you know, it stops short of, of you know, I'm the Sean, you're the Marty kind of thing. Um, but you signed off, you're nothing without me. You need me to carry you around, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it was brilliant. It had, um, it, it felt to me uh, akin to, not not like uh, like a ripoff of or anything, but there, there, there was a familiarity to me in the Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, anti-hardcore promos. In some of the yeah. delivery, in some of the, the say where he was talking, the kind of the, the yeah, just it, I, there was a slight similarity to me, which I, I loved um, knowing their relationship as well. So uh, yeah, it was, it was um, so, I, you know, when, when it popped up, I, was very excited and it definitely didn't disappoint for me. Yeah, no, basically, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see the sort of the, the birth of this. I mean, we we know it obviously how it goes and it ends up in obviously WWE and a different version and all that. But um, I'm excited to see the original ECW take on this and yeah, get some mannequin heads going. Uh, we then went to the Ring World Television title match. Um, Taz versus Pitbull 2, accompanied by Lance Wright, Pitbull 1, and Baracus, was he Baracus. And this is, um, this is WWF Light, this one, isn't it? Or Light, Light. So this is still linking onto the story that, that Mr. Wright is, um, uh, is is uh, the the WWE link? Yeah. So you have a kind of sort of um, WWF WWE invasion. Yeah. So this is WWF zero because you have a lot of WWE light. Yeah. This, this is this is completely light. Yeah. This is like really. It's just so weird because you've got sort of two wrestlers, almost doing the same sort of feud, like parallel. But no one seems to be acknowledging anyone. When you could have a full WF invasion with like eight of them or something, which would be probably a stronger group, but instead they all sort of just ignore each other. And it's a bit like strange. Yeah. So uh, I don't don't truly get it. Uh, match itself, people two got in there, hit power bomb. He actually looked surprisingly pretty good in the short time that's in there. And Taz kind of just got up, suplexed him around quickly and killed him in a minute 20 or 29. Yeah. Which was kind of exactly what I wanted from it, to be honest. Exactly. But again, how long have we been saying, like, Taz needs to be murdering people? I'm all for competitive matches, except for Taz at the moment. Taz needs to be murdering people. Yes, I would agree. Well, promos. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> next up, we have um, the tag team title match, FBI versus Dudley Boys. So versus... before you get there, we had, you know, touching on promos, we had Taz calling out um, Bracus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, basically just um, burying him. Um, you know, I, I, I wrestle, I train, you stick needles up your ass. Um just yeah, uh, I, I I don't quite I don't quite understand why because I think you've just kind of slaughtered him. Did that make anyone want to see that match? And that's a different question. To, did did that make anyone want to see Taz choke him out? But did, did that make anyone want to see that match? I just um, 
there's certain matches you can tell are just going to be awful, and this this is one of them. But I've always been aware that it's happened. I've never seen it, so I am sort of for all the wrong reasons excited to see it, but yeah. not in the sense as like you're saying, are you excited to see it? I'm like yes, but for the potential like clusterfuck it is not for. Oh, here we go, Clash of the Titans, kind of. For the very same reason, I'm excited to talk about Sabu Salmon. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, world title match, FBI versus Dudley's versus the chair-swinging freaks versus the gangsternators. Um, the highlight of the match for me was at 10 minutes and four seconds when the Dudley boys eliminated the gangsternators and that music fucking stopped. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they do this thing at the moment where to try and create impact and whatever else. Um, and they've done this a couple of times now. The match will start and they will wrestle for like four or five minutes and then the music will hit and the gangsternators will come out. And it's just really bizarre. Um, and, and I don't get it and I don't necessarily like it and uh, yeah like you it was kind of um, quite relief to see them, them go away quite quickly yeah I mean again it's partly down to obviously um, you know sort of the, the WWE network edit of this theme but it was just um, it was a lot in this episode I felt with this music it just felt quite sort of jarring like 10 minutes out of it and um, I guess this is I know not officially, but it feels like the end of the Gangstonators. Uh, moment of silence for the Gangstonators. You know, for them to get eliminated so like quick, and the first team that's gone, yeah, it's, it's the best part of this, and the best part of that. It just felt like sort of a failed experiment. Um, see you later, kind of. They're done. It's funny because it was um, Joey Styles' introduction was um, the most violent part of the most violent tag team and one half of the best tag team. So... He's been degraded. Yeah, you can can see the kind of the blooms off slightly because he's not being the... And it's one of those things, you know, if if it was something else, you'd kind of go, oh, that's just, you know, just one of those things. He's not mentioned it kind of thing. Um, But you know that there was so on point with the digs that... That feels as if it's kind of a. Um, we need to stop signing right now. I don't think anyone's buying it. Um, <laughs> you know, he, Saturn's gone. We we need to stop being bitter about the fact that Saturn's gone, and and just you know, get on with it. Yeah. Um, so the Dudley Boys eliminated the Gangsters. Axel Rotten and Balls eliminated the Dudley Boys, and then the FBI in about fourteen minutes had a shock win. Um, retaining the titles, defeating Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. What did you think about this match as a whole? Um, I it's a spot fest as as these things are. Um, uh, Big Dick, Dick Dudley comes in, choke slams people, then gets taken out um, again by Cronus. So he choke slams Cronus. You know, Cronus sells it. Then um, uh, New Jack hits him with a guitar, and Cronus jumps up and then does the four fifty. Yeah, tries to hit him, but obviously in the match that doesn't count. Pointless. Um, I, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was fine. It wasn't anything special. Um, I feel that it was telegraphed all the way through because Joey Styles has been saying forever about, uh, you know, oh well, we know for a fact that the 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 FBI are going to not come out to the champions. and it was just so on the over the top that you kind of knew where it was going. Um, yeah. And I really loathe the fact that they've introduced however many heel authority figures. Oh, the, the, the ref. ref um... Yeah. So Judge Jeff Jones or Ref Jeff Jones ran out and did various things and beat him up and all the rest of it. And um, about two minutes of multiple groin strikes and low blows, didn't we? Everyone going yeah. around low blow and everyone. I just needed Todd Gordon to appear and get a low blow in there again. And I, I, I don't need referees doing wrestling moves to the referee. So was it a double suplex or a double DDT? Double DDT. Double DDT. Then they both did the um, the dream ECW, uh, ECW yeah. post 
And Type screen. This is the thing. I just, just, it's not needed at all, at all, at all. Uh, you know, we had, we've had the referees throwing drop kicks and all the rest of it. They're not meant to be wrestlers. They're not meant to be athletic. If the wrestlers, if the referees can do these things, what's special about the wrestlers? So, yeah, just. And my, my thing is, like, where is it going? Like, this has been going on for weeks. And there's not actually any progression in this. It's, yeah, so it's just got it. like a comedy act in, like, to hold up for five minutes in a match. It, yeah. it doesn't, there's no, you know, it's not like um, Alfonso was helping Shane Douglas and other wrestlers and that. So whether it be annoying or not, you know, they would but, bring him out and be like, here's our ref, call it down the middle. And that's the thing. Alfonso was brought in by a heel who refused to play a part in the Wild West of ECW because I'm, a, I'm an athlete, damn it. So this guy's going to call it, you know, as an athletic competition, which is where the whole right down the middle thing yeah. came from. Um, he wasn't just a referee that decided he wasn't going to do the right thing anymore. And you've got the match before this, you had the, the heel commentator that we now have in, in Mr. Riot. Yeah. You've then got this match starting with the heel ring announcer we've got with Joel Gertner. And yep. I'm not, I'm not dissing Joel, Joel Gertner. You, you know, I love Joel it's, Gertner. It's just a comparable. Yeah, it's comparable. And then you've got the heel referee that runs out. And then either the next match or the one after that, we've then got the original heel referee who's now the heel manager. Yeah, it's just, um, like you said, Alfonso made perfect sense because it's based on a story. When this, and Joe Gertner's sort of a story. He's, you know, yeah, the heel ring announcer for the Dudley boys. But I said, I don't understand what um, Jeff Jones is doing. I don't understand who his alliance with. Um, his feud is with the referees. Yeah, exactly. He started off initially with Bulls, but he's not even with. If he was like a Dudley referee, like you could sort of go, okay. If he was with the FBI, he could be like, okay. But like he said, he's not really aligned to anything, and no one's even praising him or thanking him for anything. He's not, he's they, not doing anything to help anyone. He's so not like they bought him or. This thing, if it if it was like um, Charles Robertson, Little Nate, you understand. Yep. If it's, you know, Bill Alfonso brought in because, you know, he's from the Athletic Com- Commission, boo, uh, because, you know, you, this is all lawless and I need someone to come in and, and, you know, tell the law, then you again, you understand. This was a referee who up until now was an ECW referee and just a fine, straightforward referee, who's now decided he's not going to be a straightforward referee and therefore runs in and fucks up counts and mucks up referees so that he can call it the way he wants to call it, based on nothing at all. But then the referees beat him up because they can, and they beat him up using wrestling moves because you don't have to be special or athletic. There's nothing special about the wrestlers doing these wrestling moves because even the referees can do the wrestling moves. So it all gets a little bit odd. The referees are more athletic and versatile than Big Dick Dudley. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's it's rough. But, um, yeah, FBI retained. They're still taking champions for now. And um, I guess they go on to next week on TV. So, well done, FBI. Uh, we didn't get the grudge match, WWF versus ECW. Flag match, Rob Van Dam with Bill Alfonso versus Tommy Dreamer and Abula McGillicuddy. Um, not a bad match. Standout is RVD selling of Pile Driver. I know it comes late in it, but that was phenomenal. Yeah. Launched himself. I mean, the people in the front row were just like, holy shit, that was amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, again, not, not an awful match. I just think these two have spent a lot of time sort of wrestling each other at the moment so it didn't feel special I guess um, especially considering it was no contest after all of that after all this build up you have an ECW grudge match against the WWF a flag match well, what's the rules of the flag contest. just to what pin them and lay the flag over them or yeah or you have to render them Incapacitated, so yeah, the flag can go over them or something. 
Because I thought RVD sort of should have been declared the winner, rightly or wrongly, and then the feud sort of continued. But yes. um, yeah, this this match got wild at the end. So basically, they brawled around like you'd expect, um, similar to matches we've seen them before. Um, decent stuff, not a bad match at all, but um, nothing too out of what we've seen. But the ending, um, you, you teased it, you threatened it, you promised it. Stevie Richards returns <laughs> with um, Doug Furness and Phil LaFond. Uh, who are, I, again, you know, WWF wrestlers who, who have returned. And you know they're WWF wrestlers because it's no longer um, uh, whoever it was, Doug Cravat or whatever his name is. Um, it's now just full on Furness and LaFond, isn't it? So it's 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 the WWF gimmick names, even though they they had a run under their their real names. But anyway, um, and yeah, uh, so you've got WWF people getting involved, which makes sense, I guess, sort of. And uh, they don't really seem wanting RVD to win. They're just wanting to beat up. Tommy Dreamer because everyone does want uh, and then yeah Stevie um, formerly of WCW yeah just a short run there WWF yeah obviously turned up was Raven's lackey uh, got smashed up by Raven at Clash of the Champions did we watch yes, was he played? did yeah so, and, um, yeah obviously he's back and um, after retiring after injuring himself with um Sorry, it's just it feels like he's gone backwards he's sort of almost returned as like WCW Stevie which was original ECW Stevie not original original but you know like dancing Stevie and it's not BWO main event Stevie that left he's gone back a place it's, it's lackey Stevie I'm just not sure who is the lackey to. Yeah, I just think it's weird because... He's lackey. Yeah. And he's not Bill Alfonso's lackey. No. So he's kind of like a masterless lackey. And and that's the thing. He'd shed that. He was now the leader of... And, I was and, saying he should be heavyweight champion. Yeah, and, and I was agreeing. And, and yeah. I still think at that point he should have been. Um, and it, it went... It obviously didn't go very well with him in WCW. He jumped and he thought he was onto something and it didn't work out. Um, and we know that there's points where Paul will bring people back but make them earn it. So, you know, Sabu's stuff when he first came back after, no, that's November to remember, 1995. Um, he got put in some shitty stuff and, you know, 50-50s and all the rest of it, probably with Axel Rotten as far as I remember. Um yeah, he's he's what what a fucked up few months for Stevie Richards. Yeah, I mean they 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 could have just brought him back with the BWO. To be honest, I, I get the shock value. It. I you know that that shock value of him getting involved in doings. I get that. I get the U and R, but it's the and then. But you so, could have brought him back as um, Candido's opponent. Yep. Imagine beginning the show, <clears throat> music hits, and Stevie comes out as the first person to fight Candido. Candido can still beat him. It doesn't affect anything. Because, he, like you said, he's coming back sort of paying your dues type thing. But um, that would have been... Yeah, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what plays out and how long he sticks around, realistically. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no contest. That happens. They're beating down Dreamer. And I guess, technically, the longest-running save in history as the Sandman music hits and about three hours later he eventually gets in the ring to do the save yeah I mean it's, it's good that and it's lucky for Dreamer that the moment Enter Sandman hits everyone stops what they're doing um, just in case he decides to suddenly pick up the pace um, so they all have to stop they, they can't continue they all have to stop and they all have to um, wait for the sad man to to come towards them. Yeah, so um, 
he gets in there, cleans house a little bit, and it leads to Sabu with Bill Alfonso versus the Sandman, a match that you have been itching to talk about for as long as one can remember. So, Stairway Jay, to hell match. The floor is yours to discuss. This is sloppy as fuck. Um, it makes no sense. It's a spot fest through and through. It is everything that if someone is slagging off ECW, it's everything that they slag off. Spot for spot sake, it's, um, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dazed. Let me just lean against this table. Let's say, oh, just lay down here for a minute. Um, it, it's crazy. And they, they're killing each other for I don't know what. Um, Sandman really has lost um, some kind of invincibility to him. Um, you know, he, he, he's now out and out your dumb baby face. So uh, Bill Alfonso runs in with the kendo stick. So he stops Bill Alfonso and he, gets, he grabs his single hall cane and he stands there, you know, pointing to the crowd and like, ah, should I hit him? 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 And then and on and on and on and on. And although he's spinning around, looking left and right, trying to ask the crowd whether he should hit this guy, he does not notice that the guy dressed in silver to his left is climbing up the turnbuckle to jump off and kick him because he's holding on to this guy for must have been like five minutes kind of doing this. Should I hit him? Should I hit him? Should I hit him? Should I hit him? Um, it's mental. It's yeah. crazy. And it's, it's one of those that depending on the mood that you're in, um, I could have watched this every single day for a week and it would have been on four days. I either loved it or hated it. And on the other three days, I would have either hated it or loved it because it's one of those that depending on the mood you watch this, it's either brilliant because it's so sloppy and rubbish or it's awful because it's so sloppy and rubbish. That's basically my notes. My notes for this match was interesting match was complete carnage. but It wasn't a bad match, sort of really sloppy, but it worked because it's these two. Yeah. And, that's, I mean, that's sort of, and even my notes are sort of just a ramble of what doesn't make sense. By the time it felt like the only way to sort of describe it. I mean, the Sandman leg drop is kind of a step and pray kind of thing now, uh, yeah. even more than it was before. Um, you, you just have kind of, you know, spot after spot after spot. It reminds me of us playing No Mercy. And, you know, you set up the table and you, you know, you <laughs> basically both run around for five minutes setting up various props that you just then throw yourself through. Um, and then it kind of finishes. Uh, the finish came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it's again, it's it's true ECW style in the sense of, you know, the fifteen ladders, the twenty-seven chairs, the forty-five tables, the the fire, the kendo stick, the huge huge spots. None of that keeps you down for not even a two count. Um, but then I hit you with something, and it's kind of like you know, meh. Um, yeah, it's just a really weird set up through and through and um yeah but but rest assured be be reassured be safe in the knowledge as joey styles said this is not going to be the last time we see these two clash you know it's um yes interesting i'm so interested to see where they go with with these two it's just the, the feuds are all a bit sort of confusing at the moment um, speaking of confused, we have a backstage segment. Joey Styles is talking. Television champion Taz walks in, begins to cut a promo, calling out Bam Bam Bigelow for the next pay per view, and then proceeds to completely forget what the pay per view is called and kind of stutter and try to remember on the fly. And eventually, sort of went, I oh, live in dangerously or something stupid or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, the disdain in his voice over the title of the, the, the pay-per-view. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I just, I just felt really, in, in a company that does multiple pre-recorded segments, um, records months and months, why, if this was live, they chose to do it live, 
when they don't normally do stuff like that. And two, if it wasn't live, why did you, you let not go just, out? Why did you let him? You know, just do another minute again and let him just say living dangerously straight away because I'm, I'm assuming that it was live. I, I think it must have been because it didn't. There's a lot of things you can palm off as like a, a tazism as he sort of just dismisses things and isn't interested. But this, you could tell on his face and the way he delivered it, he legit forgot what the pay-per-view was and he was sort of annoyed of himself because of it, which I, I almost think he tried to shorty sort of, like, oh, living dangerously or something. Um, yeah, Joe Styles, just do your job. and walked off. Yeah, and Joe Styles didn't really help him out on all of that. He just kind of let the mic go and then and then kind of tried to, to neaten it up afterwards of, uh, yes, it will be champion versus champion at the next pay-per-view, which is living dangerously. Um, yeah, it didn't do much to hype me for the main event. I mean, why, why is it champion versus champion? Well, exactly. Just again, just because he asked politely, even though it wasn't polite, but yeah. But is this, is this, so I assume this is Taz tracing challenges for his title, which seems to be the way these things are. Um, yeah, no, no real kind of, and it's all about, you know, Bam Bam. Nothing about why he's expecting it to be Bam Bam, just, you know, Bam Bam, you're the champ and, and I'll face you at the next pay-per-view. You realise he's got a title shot coming up next, no? Yeah. Well, it just could be Shane Douglas in three minutes. He's suddenly not important. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is main event time. Shane Douglas with Francine versus Bam Bam Bigelow, who's the ECW heavyweight champion. Bam Bam first to come out. Because he wanted to. Yeah. All right, let's get this clear. Normally, the content, uh, challenger comes out first, but because Bam Bam's playing by his own rules now and isn't following what people tell him Refusing to. Refusing to cooperate. Yeah, because, you know, he's, he's a badass. He's decided to come out first. Yeah, nothing to do with the fact that they're building up this huge entrance for the hometown hero. Not, not at all. So... Um... Yeah, obviously, you know, Shane Douglas comes out, decent reception. Would have been nice. How if did we you had feel it. about the 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 pre entrance bit? Um I, So he's he's backstage, he's yeah, yeah. bumped over, he's got the, the Candido and um uh Lance Storm and Francine talking to him. He then kind of stretches some more and, and kind of storms up and down a little bit um, and kind of has another bit of a quick chat and then goes to come out. And yeah. it's very, it just felt really weird. It did feel weird. I mean, obviously they're trying to build up the moment. I mean, I know um, TNA in their sort of later years sort of did stuff like this. But before world title matches, you'd have show both the contenders walking towards the entrance, and um, but it's, it's 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 weird. It doesn't. It's not sort of neat. It's not just. It's not resting. Sort of is used to doing. It felt a bit. No, it wasn't quite the. Um, uh, it wasn't quite the Goldberg entrance, was it? Uh, it, it, it didn't... No. The drama of, and uh, yeah, I think one of the major differences as well is where the Goldberg entrance worked is they had a video screen, so people in the arena could see Goldberg coming towards it, and it gets exciting and exciting, and then they pop when he walks through. There's there's no video screen in ECW. This is purely just for people at home. So you don't even get that the crowd like excited when they see him. It's just sort of dead. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't. There needs to be like a, a middle ground with it, because this is just purely for people at home, and it should be to get the crowd. And um, the Shane Douglas about to come through the curtain. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Shane Douglas did come in. Um, the match began. There was a there was a nice scatter of sort of yellow shirts, fewer than I remember. I remember it being like a sea of yellow. It wasn't the case. Yeah. It was about, yeah. about six. 
So my memory's Some good sign. EC Franchise W. It was a nice I thought one. that was clever. I thought that should have been a t-shirt somewhere. Sazzle.com. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, I'll be down in no time. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah, the match itself wasn't horrendous. Looks like Bam Bam was... Looks like Bam Bam was going to powerbomb Shane Douglas through some little custom-made weenie table on a chair thing that he'd done. Um, he sort of reversed it awkwardly by sort of getting the top rope and falling off. Belly to belly, Bam Bam through it. And, um, yeah, picked up the win and retained... Well, retained. And it's the new champion for the third time. Uh, the match didn't click for me. Um, I, I was trying to work out whether Shane Douglas was injured or something. Um, because he just looked slow in all of it. Yeah. There yeah. was no, um, there was no athleticism really from the franchise. Um, Bam Bam was quite pondering with with what he was doing. You know, it was a lot of plodding around and kind of like you know, just kind of smashing rather than anything. Um, they, there was a couple of times that they tried to do big spots, like you know the the Gorilla Press style thing. And it felt like unintentionally um, Shane Douglas kind of sandbagged him slightly, couldn't quite get the jump for him, couldn't quite get So I don't know if, if Franchise had, had hurt himself and was was trying to do something as best he could. Um, but it just didn't, and, and it didn't seem to engage the crowd. It didn't seem to get the crowd up at any point. Um, the thing is what we said about the crowd like, like I said so it's like the the Mandela effect I, I remember this being like an insanely hot crowd for him a sea of yellow people going mental you know the heroes returns kind of vibe but it just like wasn't, wasn't really that. that no wasn't that at all no and his whole baby face, baby face heel baby face heel that's been building for weeks is to get this monster pop when he wins the title in his hometown. The whole build has been leading to that. Yeah, and it wasn't that. He's been cutting scathing promos on Terry Funk for like no reason to get that. Everything's been like put in place for this moment. And it just wasn't that at all, really. I mean, I'm yeah. wrong. He was over, but it wasn't. 4,000 strong going mental for the returning franchise becoming a three-time heavyweight champion. No. And and it didn't feel as if it had the emotion from him in regards to, you know, capturing, recapturing the belt, three-time heavyweight champion in front of my home crowd. Yeah, I felt um, timings as always. Obviously, it's only their first third pay-per-view, so, you, you know, you let them off. But the timings felt off. I felt he didn't really have a chance to celebrate. It just felt like he won the title. We're out of time. We've got to go. But again, he didn't move. He won the title. He laid in the middle of the ring. He was given the belt. He laid in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Um, the, the triple threat came in. They came over to him. He laid in the middle of the ring. I don't know, um, but it looked like he was fucked. You know, yeah, it looked I mean, like he, was, he, he just, you know, he's done the best he can. Um, he's really kind of gutted trying to gut through all of this. But, you know, it looked like there was something torn or there was something really damaged. It'd be interesting to see what he's bandaged up next next time we see. Um, but, yeah, it, look, it looked just as if he, 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 he couldn't do the big celebration. He could barely move. He couldn't even stand on the, you know, jump up to the turnbuckles and celebrate or anything um, because he just looked... Um, he, he just looked fucked. Yeah, no, that's true. And if he's selling, then he did a good job because I bought. <laughs> and if he's selling, but again, it's like I understand Bam Bam's your boy and everything, but I just, you know, he needed to be up with that shot, holding the title up with the crowd going crazy behind him. That's that's the shot. That's the still they need. Yes. You know, and I know, you know, even if you're going on the Bam Bam's your boy thing, that's what he's just built for you. Yeah. So don't waste all of what he's just done. Yeah, they need. I just think they needed that. that that's the steal, isn't it? That's the the homecoming. You're near the crowd. You've got the belt up. Everyone's going crazy behind you. But then again, 
they might be trying to steer away from that because he's, he's a heel again on next week. Yeah, and and so, Bam Bam wasn't really playing a heel in the crowd, you know, that kind of... Yeah, so they, know, they might have been... The same argument we had with the, the um, Spike Dudley spot, that, that, you know, press slam into the crowd and do you want him, do you want him, do you want him, that's not a heel move. Because it's, yeah. that's, if you think that's a heel move, you don't understand the ECW crowd. Yeah. That's the thing. They love you all day long for doing that. Yeah, they're bad yeah. for blood. If you can throw them in and bring, make them as part of the show, they're going to they're gonna, you know, lap it up, aren't they? Yeah. Overall, uh, what did you think of the show? I really enjoyed it. Um, some of it was amazing. Some of it was fucking awful. And I loved every inch of it because of that. Um, I went into it and, and I'm, I'm pleased that I went into it, you know, knowing some of the results, knowing some of the reviews of the matches, knowing some of the stuff that we were going to see, knowing some of the returns. Um, I'm really pleased I did because it meant I went in with a different, not, not low levels of expectation, but a different level of expectation. Whereas if I'd gone in cold, hoping this was going to be a great a classically great card, I, I would have been very disappointed because I think the first half was, was pretty good uh, and the second half, none of it really clicked for me. Um, uh, you know, Sandman and Sabu was a mess. The main event never really kind of managed to get out of the first gear and Tommy Dreamer and RVD wasn't bad, but it was always going to be a clusterfuck of, of you know, I, I, I have an issue with the fact that it's a, it's a gimmick match and a blood feud match with a fuck finish. So um, all of those were a little bit kind of, uh, and, you know, potentially even a tag match. Um, but um, no, knowing what I knew, um, it, it was a fun, messy, in parts amazing, in parts crap. But enjoyable because of it, so yeah. I mean, I'm not far off that. I mean, obviously, the house no thing I love, yeah. Taz, I love just because he was a beast. Um, tag team match was probably as in the four way, was probably my least favorite match of, of yep. the show. Uh, Shane Douglas, love Shane Douglas. I knew he was winning the belt, obviously, because it was 20 odd years ago, but. I was super excited from the belt and I was like, I, I liked the way it was done. Um, I do agree with what you said. I think that potentially an injury there because he wasn't himself. I don't know if the occasion or whatever, but he wasn't the normal sort of Shane that we'd seen recently, but he still put in a hell of a performance. And um, yeah, I'm excited to have him back as a champion because he should be. But um, yeah, overall it was a decent show. Was, uh, my expectations were were pretty low because of the teases that you were sort of thrown out. I was a bit worried this was going to be horrendous. Um, like I said, Sandman Sabu is not a five-star match, but because it's got the Sandman in, you kind of he gets away with sort of having like crappy matches. I mean, that in sort of a nice way. It just sort of fits him. You expect it yeah. from him, so it wasn't do you know what I mean? So it wasn't if that was like RVD versus Sabu, you'd sort of think, "What the hell's going on with these two? They're not on at all." But for some reason, the Sammy just kind of accepts that that is a little bit him, and it's sort of part of his character. But um, yeah, overall, de- decent show. Happy we've got another pay per view in the books, and we head back to um, December Hardcore TV next week to find out how they finish off the year, which will be exciting. Finish strong. Getting close finish. to 1998. Oh, we really are getting there. We really are getting there. And if you have enjoyed the journey and you want to effing get there as well, head over to zazzle.co.uk. Simply search sportsarena or .com. Um, check out some of our Extreme Rewind slash ECW inspired shirts and um, show your pride about going on this journey with us. We appreciate everyone who listens, likes, shares and does the show. Um, is an extreme. We are reliving the revolution. We know people are doing it with us. Joining the conversation on social media at underscore sports arena on Instagram or Twitter as we post mostly ECW quite frequently and also sharing other people's ECW. So if you're posting about ECW, throw an ECW hashtag in there. There's a good chance we will look. We definitely like and we'll probably post in our story as well. 
Simple as that. Very true. And, uh, and we'll be back next week for more Extreme Rewind as we head towards the end of this year, which means it can only be a couple of times before we maybe do an end of year awards again. Ooh. That's something to think about. Something for us to look forward to. Um, exactly. I, I do feel the need to point out that if you haven't watched this show, uh, you need to because otherwise it will be a regret you can't forget. Um, and I still miss Matty in the house at Matt the Matt on Twitter. <laughs> oh, we all do. He retweeted us once. He did. So claim, so claim to fame. Even though we had most no, ECW people we had most ECW people spoken to us at one point. He's he's he's, he's, he's the, the one. He, <laughs> he really is. Because when have you last seen him turn up at invention? Uh, a convention he was not at one night stand he wasn't at a house of hardcore that's how legit at Matt DeMatt on Twitter is he's still with the real team damn it yep and he's not uh, sorry not sorry uh, see you next week bye bye